Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm your lovable Sunday chat host, Eric Von Hessler. I'm not alone, of course. My doctrinaires are here. Jared Yamamoto's here. How's it going? English Nick is here. Oi. Autumn Fisher is here. And whatever. We get, <laughs> we get even a little <laughs> bit larger as uh, it is time. We can push it back no longer. It is time to exit our comfort zone. It's time for. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. All right, Mr. Russ. Supposedly, these are stories that maybe we'd missed. I don't know. Oddball stories. I can't quite figure out which separates this from WTF. Now, don't explain it. There's kinda, no reason to kinda, actually describe what it is. It kind of seems like the same segment as WTF, doesn't it? With a different name. I don't know. Huh? So, Get in here, by the way. Um, it's I, completely different. Absolutely. Not as well executed, I don't think. Greg Russ, well, how are you this week? Whatever. That's the way you say it, Autumn. Like, you can't say it with a <laughs> smile on your face. There's got to be a level of disgust and You're saying, and own apathy. it. Own it. What? I've tried again. Autumn. Whatever. Better? No, no, no. No, that's like a teenager. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. Give me a whatever. story. <laughs> uh, Google. They're, they're apologizing because of their mic drop prank for April Fool's. Now, what they did for April Fool's is By the way, add- can I stop you for a moment? Because I've gone on a rant on this once, and I'm glad to go on it again. I hate April Fool's Day, and I hate people who love April Fool's Day. Because I don't like pranksters. Well, let me ask you, this. Do you: Do you think the majority of people like April Fool's Day? No, I don't. I don't. All right. So then, because I'm thinking that I could commit a crime, I I robbed that store, but it was an April Fool's Day prank. <laughs> and then if the jury is actually, a, if they're collectively a big fan of April Fool's Day, I can maybe get off. They'll say that was a great one, man. I I, did, I should have thought of that one myself. <laughs> yeah, the fear on that clerk's <laughs> eyes when he pulled out the knife. So what exactly? What exactly was? The Gmail thing, because I have to tell you that I read about it and them apologizing about it the day after, and I did see it in my Gmail, but I don't hit anything that's new. I weigh anything new that I see online that's part of any sort of service that I use. I will generally wait two weeks and read reviews before I'll try anything new because a lot of things, it's like my my iPhone wants me to update, but I keep reading these stories about how the update is bricking some of the phones. Yeah, Eric, I think you have iOS 2, uh, 2.1 <laughs> over there. <laughs> no, it's just the latest one. So I'm going to wait until, in general, I'm reading headlines that tell me that Apple has fixed this, and then I'll do it. So I saw the Gmail mic drop, and it had a little picture of a minion Inside right, it's, of it's, my, it's, what was the what was the point? What was it supposed it, to do? I don't know what the point was. I don't understand the point. <laughs> so there was an alternative send option. So you write your email, and instead of just clicking send, you could click the mic drop send, and then it would include a GIF of a despicable me minion dropping a microphone, and then the sender wouldn't get any replies from the recipient if they sent it that way. Which yeah. w- I don't understand the point <laughs> of doing that in the first place. 
but because a lot of people use Gmail for work and they would they sent mic drop not even fully understanding what it was, you know, threads were shut down and yeah. emails weren't received and so it was a big humiliation and, and uh, they had to apologize for it, which at least. At least that's good. When it comes to April Fool's pranks, I like to hear people apologize the next day and know that someone has been harmed that tried to do it. And uh, so I'm I'm happy for that. But I, I read in the story that uh, Google, in their apology, said we love we love April Fool's jokes and we're sorry this one didn't work out for you. They I regret. They know uh, that's a story. They regret that this joke missed no. the mark and disappointed you. Let's assume every <laughs> joke for the next 10 years will miss the mark, and let's all just go home and not do it. I just, there's nothing. Look, if there's any day where you're expecting strange things to look different, it's April Fool's Day anyway, so you can only really trick morons. At that point, you really can only trick morons. So can we just get rid of April Fool's Day? That would be my suggestion. And perhaps Google has the power. If any institution has the power to get rid of April Fool's Day, it would be Why Google. is there an April, an April Fool's Day? You know, I don't know. You have to watch the History Channel. They will usually do... Uh, <laughs> it's all their, about aliens. You can't watch the History Channel. No. Doesn't, it, doesn't it tie into the Chinese New Year somehow? It's like those fools, those idiots who celebrate New Year at a different time. Is it really? No, because Chinese New Year was a month or and a half oh, ago. Yeah, it, it was wild. There was something like that, though. I think there was mm. something. Where if was only we had a machine that fit in our hands that would allow <laughs> us to look up this information and know exactly why. But we'll just have to wait to the future. Give me another uh, story from Studio B1. Study. People who point out typos are jerks. <laughs> uh, you know, you just, could change that headline, Greg, and just say Eric is a jerk. You, you. I was thinking of myself. I didn't even think of you because you know there's plenty of times. I'll. I'm very aware of this, and if people make mistakes, not so much spelling mistakes. If it's obviously just a you're typing quickly and you. Uh, confuse a few letters. Uh, that one I can let pass. But if you're confusing there, 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 or your and your, I, that does not fly with me. And anytime I'm even texting you and I make a mistake, I immediately correct it. And usually, like, what? You don't think I got the point? No, so, I get that. I'm not that critical. I am one of the few people, though, that I, when I put together a text, I put it together like I'm writing a paragraph in a paper. I do not feel comfortable abbreviating words. I don't feel comfortable just forgetting about grammar because it's a text. I feel like maybe this is the last text, right? I get, I push send on the text and it goes to somebody and then my car veers off the road. It blows up. I die. The last what? thing, the last thing I did was text and I want it to be grammatically correct or at least as grammatically correct as I can. And so I, I, I do point it out to people. I do more than that. I do this a lot with people because the word like is a virus. It really does work as a virus, and it gets into people's way of speaking, and they don't even know that they're doing it. And I feel like I'm providing a service when I say to somebody who is trying to explain something to me, and they use the word like, I am not exaggerating here sometimes seven times in three minutes or something while they're speaking to me and i will point out you know you use the word like a lot and the response is universal anger that i would even bring it up <laughs> first of all they tell me that it didn't happen that i no, i don't use the word like that much they and they argue with me but i feel like i'm helping you out 
This is clearly a problem. You shouldn't have an anchor word. No one should have an anchor word that you have to keep going to, whether it's the F-bomb because you're just totally explicit and you can't get your point across without it, or the word like. And I feel like I'm providing a service. You're not communicating well. Language exists so that human beings can communicate ideas toward one another. But but and, let me right. stop you just to play devil's advocate because I am on your side. People say as long as your point is coming across, the grammar shouldn't matter so That's much. how we slowly slide into hell. Wait a second. Whenever you send an email, though, and your email says— You did something that I always— You <laughs> always call me out on that, too. Yes. You so say, when, when you send an email— Hold on. Let me tell people. You just did it. Oh, gosh, Jared has this thing, and it's, vi- it's like a virus. He can't get rid of it because he would have to go to school to get rid of this. But he uses the word whenever— when he wants to use the word when. <laughs> so he'll say, whenever, it, it, the word whenever has a meaning, but you don't use it all the time. Right. He uses it every time you would use the word when. It used to drive me crazy about uh, Dale Jarrett when he used to call the races. And uh, whenever they get to turn three, what do you mean whenever they get to turn three? They're barreling there at 200 miles yeah. an hour. There's no doubt they're <laughs> going to get there when they get to turn three. Tell I, me what I, happens. It, irregardless, <laughs> I understood what, what Jared was trying <laughs> to Thank say. Thank you. saying if we lose. I don't think you picked up on that. I did. I did pick up no, on no, it. Jared. Oh. Jared's like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, you wanted to defend yourself. So when Whenever you, you defend yourself. When you send you an see, email. see, that works. Whenever you defend yourself, you do do a poor job. That's when, a good sentence. When you send an email out and you have a signature that says, please excuse the typos, does that then make you safe? No. In, in Why not? No. That, if on, I, you get if the you set from me, iPhone. If you send me a text or an email message at the bottom that says, please excuse the typos, <laughs> what you should, this is what I see. You see, you write, please excuse the typos. What I see is, never go into business with me, never go into an alliance with me, <laughs> never go into a partnership with me, because I don't have the wherewithal to get my grammar correct. No, and- Eric, I, I, no, I am with you on texting, and if you're sitting down with your phone and you need to write something out, use punctuation, use correct grammar, I understand that because that, that is the way that you uh, express a tone. But when it's coming from something like if you're driving and you need to text and you use oh, oh, your voice text. Oh, time out. It's the slippery slope time now. Time out. You're not Got supposed her. to text if, and if drive. you're driving. Also, if you're no, driving with a, with, a, with a child in the back of the uh-huh. car. No, listen to me. No, 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 no. With a voice texting. Okay, world's worst mom. Uh, no, you can write an email. You can text with the voice. It's with, still uh, distracting you. No, you're, you're absolutely wrong on this. Can I tell people this? No, voice talk. You should not be having conversations on your phone. You shouldn't be voice texting or regular texting. Let me tell you what you should be doing when you're driving. Driving. It doesn't you matter. Hold on, hold on. You just pipe down, you horrible mother, you driving around, <laughs> texting with your child in the back seat. <laughs> Driving, it doesn't matter. People get so comfortable with the concept of driving because they do it so often that they figure, well, this, I do this with my eyes closed. And quite often they do. I'll catch a nap on the way to work. Or I'll, I'll, I'll have a voicemail conversation. Or, you know, I'll tell you what, let's put up movies so the kids are happy in the back and I'll kind of keep an eye on that. Driving well, is an awesome responsibility. It doesn't matter how often you do it. They're called accidents for a reason. Why? You were not planning on them. When you're driving, you should have 99.9% of all of your available consciousness dealing with driving. 
and the other 1% listening to Eric Von Hessler on WSB. We'll be right back. There you go. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared and English Nick and Autumn. We're still in the middle of stories from Studio B1 with Greg. You know, it, it occurs to me before we get to the next song, the next, not song, next story, because I happen to know his next story is about Guns N' Roses. We just did a story with you, Greg, about a study that says that people who correct typos, like tell people that they have typos in their messaging, are jerks. But we never said where that study was from. Well, yeah, I, went, I was going to try to get that in the end. I know. Um, I just sort of ranted. The, the University of Michigan, and it, it basically says extroverts are more likely to allow the spelling errors and the, the gra- grammatical errors and less agreeable people, or if we'd like to say introverts, to be a little nicer, they're the ones who'll go after. Well, if I'm a jerk, I'm a jerk. But if you're going to have typos around me, you're going to find out about it. I will own that one. Give me another story from Studio B1. All right, so that band you just heard, Guns N' Roses, back together after 23 years. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so what? The, the real guys. It's not just. Hang on, it's it's three original members. It's Slash, okay. Duff, and Axel. Everybody pretty, else are newer guys who've been in, on the scene for a while. Pretty solid Is that foundation. Guy yeah. There. No, no, because no, he was doing okay. what Slash does. You know. Yeah. Or he, trying to. He was doing uh, Slash's job. So the idea that Slash is there. And Axel is there. That's the first. Yeah, that's the first time in 23 years you've had that lineup. Are they showing? Like, I guess they they just started. Like, they're they're headlining Coachella, so there's warm up shows and people are on the lookout for them. So they played the Troubadour, yeah, which that, is kind of where they started in L.A. But I know that at some point Axel was showing up to shows. Like, people would wait around. He'd come in at like 2:30 in the morning. No, He's like, yeah. oh, you're still here after five hours. All right. They did a Guns N' Roses and that lineup gave did a show at the Tabernacle a few years ago. Yeah. And I believe it started at midnight or something. Later than that. People, wow. But then people, oh, it was fantastic. You know what? I think that it kind of feeds into it. The idea that you're still there at 1.30 makes it seem more fantastic than it is, perhaps. Unless, of course, you have to go to work the next day. But uh, I don't. So what they, I saw in this story that a lot of celebrities showed up at the Troubadour. And I'm like, I can't get over this. The, the story that I read, they made a big deal out of the fact that Bradley Cooper brought his mom. Yeah. <laughs> it was like half the story. And then I started thinking, hmm, Kevin Spacey used to bring his mom places too. Oh. I'm not going to go any further than that. This is WSB, and it's a family radio show. I'm just saying there's a certain stereotype hmm. that comes with guys who bring their mom to uh, big events. That's all I'm saying. I'm not really saying that because this is WSB. It's a family show. Do we know his wife's name? Bradley Cooper? I'm sure he has a beautiful wife, right? I don't. No? Huh? <laughs> Justin Timberlake used to bring his mom places. Who? Justin Timberlake, and he's not gay. No. I, I who said, why did you have to go there? Nobody here said anything along those lines. <sighs> you have a very, very dirty mind, young lady. A very dirty mind. And I am not going to be a part of it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, 
The stories we almost left on the table. We call it Doctrine Extra. Don't miss it. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, and it is, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. In today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find a story that takes a deeper look at the state's $2 billion gamble on truck-only lanes. On Interstate 75, plus $375 in coupon savings. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hester. That's Jared. That's English Nick. That's Autumn Fisher. Greg Russ is floating around here somewhere. And it is now time for us to do something we don't have an imager for yet. My producer, Jared Yamamoto, has been assuring me for the last three weeks that we will soon have imaging You for, keep changing the name on uh, me. It <laughs> was called The Leftovers. And then I thought, who would want to tune in for something called The Leftovers? Like, who wants old chicken? Who wants stale peas? I like some things warmed up better the second time, personally. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. mean, for the most part, the leftovers, I can take it or leave it. It's right there in the name. So we changed that to Doctrine Extra, which is basically the same thing. We do all these segments throughout the show, and we always have more stories than actually make it. So in Doctrine Extra, we go back around the table and pick up the stories that almost were left there. So, Jared Yamamoto, give me a headline we didn't cover. Yeah, so we haven't talked about March Madness at all, and the mighty North Carolina Tar Heels and Villanova Wildcats are playing tomorrow. Tomorrow night in the college basketball na national championship where my heels are going to take care of business. Your heels, because he lived in North Carolina for three and a half <laughs> seconds. I was, was going to ask, what makes them yours? Okay, He, he was born just, there. So my, my mom and dad both went to North Carolina. My grandparents went there, aunts and uncles, you name it. There's but you a, just didn't have the grades to get in. I, I grew up in Georgia. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> People go to their uh, parents' alma mater so they don't yeah, live in the same place. Uh, okay, you try paying out-of-state tuition. It's quite <laughs> obvious you didn't have have quite the uh, the <laughs> grades that the generations preceding you had, and that's that's okay. You don't there's, have to feel bad about it. There's not even any ownership, though. You could at least make the argument if you went to the school, you put money into the school, so therefore you bought your, your Now, team, but... let me push back on that. If he grew up watching his parents root for a certain team, then that kind of becomes your team. And the education no, it, that it was pro... Team. The education that was provided from the University of North Carolina uh, arguably fed me through my lifetime because my grandparents raised my parents uh, and then my parents raised me. Who knows? So why? there we go. So, so I'm very loyal to uh, to the baby blue, to the Tar Heels. All right, so Greg, they back, you is what you're saying. Greg, it's a little too much on this. No, <laughs> nobody knows why we become fans. No, like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. A, it's, you could say you're a fan of the team. My team. It's my uh, team. I grew up in Georgia. You know what team's not my team? The Bulldogs. I love it when they lose. <laughs> wow. Me, well, Greg, I, I'm indifferent about them. Greg, Greg, proving once again why he becomes the most unpopular person <laughs> on any show that he's ever a part of. Fire Ricked. Let I'm still going to say it. <laughs> let me say. Let me, um, so wherever Mark Rick lands, you say fire, fire him. Fire him. Miami, don't even put him on the field. My so, Fire Ricked was just mocking the people who say Fire Ricked. Um, uh, so there was a little bit of a contest between you and me last night. I say a little bit because Syracuse is the team that was close to me growing up. First the half only, was good. The only powerhouse team near where I lived was Syracuse Orangeman, and I was 
technically born in Syracuse, although my family moved four weeks later. So I've had an attachment to that team. I watched the first half. I saw about the two minutes of the, of the second half. I saw where it was going, and I went on with my life because North Carolina was just the better team, and that came out. Now, the other one, Villanova, I didn't watch that game, but I, a lot of people thought Oklahoma was going to do better than that. They beat Well, because the, they beat them earlier in the season. Yeah. Oklahoma so. beat Villanova, I think, in December. I mean, they, they, they didn't just beat them. They spanked them yesterday. It was 95-51. Yeah. to 51. I mean, that doesn't happen very often in college That's basketball. Like, well, not, not on the men's side. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like, the UConn female basketball team? Oh, my team? gosh, they're so good. Did, oh, they're so good. Also, their competition is so bad. This is supposed <laughs> to be the final four, the female final four. And I think UConn beat one of the teams something like, I don't know, 90. 93 to 26 or something that's not i mean come on that is not even that's that's that means there's five good players in the country <laughs> and they're on one team i mean that's just absurd uh but uh okay so who's gonna win you're, you're pulling for north carolina yeah i think carolina's gonna win by six Oh, by six, why? By I mean, six. Well, that's that's, why, that's, why, that's, that's a good you... basketball number. Think about it. it usually comes no, no, down no, I to want the science behind uh, it. Why, how, why six? Six because it, that's running that, up and uh, down the court. That, you know, come that's on. a good. It usually comes down to free throws at the end, and that's usually when the Tar Heels, uh, tar, the Tar Heels, have kind of played like a boa constrictor in yeah. sports terms. There, they just kind of. Uh, how do you feel about so the stories? The stories coming out of there that uh, apparently, if you're a basketball player at North Carolina, a Tar Heel, uh, you get classes that they say that fifth graders. Oh, they're just they're just haters. They're, they're uh, probably uh, it's probably coming from Duke. So okay. where, where the Duke fans they think I, they're so smart over there so, because they go to you know a, a private that. school. So when you say they're haters, what you really mean is there is zero truth to the story about uh, fifth graders being able to pass these college classes. Listen, I, I'm not going to speak for you know the University of North Carolina, but I mean it is a. Hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite, just like every sports fan. Because if you have criminals or people or problems with the program, as long as it's your team and they're winning, guess what? You don't care. But what ruined? But if you if your team isn't winning or it's not your team, it becomes the most important thing. What ruined college basketball <laughs> was student athletes. Don't forget. <laughs> but remember, the, what ruined college basketball was the fact that you could, you have to go for one year and then you can go to the pros. I mean, they don't yeah. really go there for school. They know that it's like the uh, the minor leagues of basketball. I think that's kind of that's ruining uh, college basketball to a certain degree. Yeah, because when you absolutely. get to tournament time, it used to be that there were uh, seniors stocked on, uh, in all the ponds. You know, you'd have yeah. a lot of seniors, and it's very rare now, hardly at all, when you get to a powerhouse team with the best with the best players that are going to the NBA. You don't get like three, four seniors anymore because these guys are gone after a year or two up to the NBA. And by the way, I know that that hurts on a lot of levels, but if it was my kid or it was me, I'd say go get the payday. Go get the money. Why do you go to college? You go to college so you can make money. And if you can make money right now, but if you break your leg in the middle of next season, you won't make that money, go make the money. Work, Figure it out. Do go it make now. The money. Yeah, go make the money. Problem is the people who are left behind, the ones who are taking those fifth-grade classes but they're not going to the nba <laughs> allegedly they, they kind of get to, they they end up dealing with it for the rest of their lives i'm going to move over to greg we haven't heard enough from greg so i want to hear a story from studio b1 that was left on the table uh oh he seems I, ready for it wow uh, i am ready i'm just i, I know that this, what this is going to trigger so i'm hesitant uh -oh. you might be surprised so there's a big thing going around cultural appropriation basically if you're white don't have dreadlocks because you don't uh, deserve to wear them because you don't understand the culture. And that goes for anything else, any kind of dress or style that comes yeah. with other cultures. Uh, don't partake in it if you're not part of that culture. So and this, this, there, there was a, an incident 
at the uh, at San Francisco State University where a white guy dreads dreads and he was confronted by by a black woman. I may have the an, an, another student. I may have the audio here that for some reason my audio works sometimes and it doesn't work other times and I can't really tell you why because it's coming out of the same machine. Maybe the FBI got to it. No, it is an Apple. I, I, it is yeah. an Apple, and perhaps uh, I don't well, know. I, I, iOS too. You know, I think there was some sabotage, Eric, because you wear baggy shirts, but you're not a part of the hip hop culture. That is correct. I'm, I don't uh, think that you understand that. It's too bad we don't have that audio because it's it's priceless. So this uh, uh, kind of radicalizes people, and we okay, picked up now, on that, and, and you mentioned it go. to our local. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that wonderful? I get audio that I don't want, but I don't get audio that I do want. Um, <laughs> So this uh, kid is like uh, leaving. He's right there in the hallway, the stairwell, and a black student, female, stops him. He's got dreadlocks. He looks like a kind of a piece of work himself. But he he's probably got, stinks. Yeah, he looks he's, like he smells. He, he looks like he smells. Plays a lot of hacky sack. But her whole point to him <laughs> is that you're appropriating my culture. You shouldn't be able to wear dreadlocks because you're white, and those come from the African culture. And, you, and at one point she says, you know this hurts me, and you continue to do it. And here's the th- – look. That is some narcissism. There is no such thing as cultural appropriation. Can I tell you this? Can I, can I get people wise on something? There is no such thing as cultural appropriation. All I mean, can we not listen to rock and roll? Everything no, is can derivative. Can we eat Chinese food? No, no. Well, that's at least enjoying their food. Appropriation is when one culture works it into their art or their fashion or their design. But here's the thing about everything: everything is derivative. We always build on elements that we're exposed to in other places. We put them together in our own little stew, and that becomes our little thing. It goes further than that. It really has gotten to the point now. Uh, it's like uh, like white male privilege. Is there privilege in the world? Sure. But as the definition of what white, white male privilege is coming off of college campuses, again, there is no such thing. It's not a real thing. And what they've done on the left is really quite ingenious if you look at it because they've told the rest of us that we cannot stereotype anyone with uh, sort of uh, uh, just language that's used out of stereotypes for anyone, for, for gays, women, anyone. And then what they do is they go after, say, white men, although I don't feel oppressed as a white man. I'm just calling this as I see it. They go after people like white men, and it's okay to stereotype them because it's not a stereotype. They cover it up with social science. This comes out of the social sciences. So white male privilege isn't a stereotype. This comes out of our sociology department, which, by the way, is, you see my finger quotes? Science. It's not science at all. It's garbage. Science is 2 plus 2 equals 4. Science is the stuff that you may not understand, but when an 18-wheeler doesn't collapse a bridge, you can be sure that, well, that math stuff works because we have evidence. White male privilege is a social theory, but it gets taught for so long that students come out with it as a social fact, but it's based on social science that isn't really science. So therefore, they get to point to every white guy that they don't know, they don't know their history, they don't know their background, they don't know what they've been through in their lives, and they're able to categorize them and say, white male privilege. But we're not stereotyping, 
this is science. It's a great scam that they've got going. But really what it is is they're stereotyping you for being a middle-aged white man or whatever, and they're drawing conclusions based on that without speaking to you, without knowing you. On top of that, the cultural appropriation is, this is something that was thrown at Picasso. Yeah, he went to Africa. He saw some art. He was inspired. He worked it into his art. All things are derivative when it comes to culture, fashion, art. So there's no such thing as cultural appropriation. There's no such thing as white male privilege. And you wouldn't have learned that if you weren't listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine, but you were. So therefore, you have the power to reject these ideas mm. that are so prevalent. When somebody says white male privilege, you are being stereotyped. They are a bigot. They don't know you, but they are drawing conclusions based on what your color, skin color is and uh, what age you are, that sort of thing. White male privilege. You've got to be kidding me. So look at it. Look what you just learned. Well, it's- I would also like to state that the Buddhists are angry that you're balding, Eric. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and getting fatter. I have appropriated it all from the Buddha. I want Americans to stop driving Mini Coopers. It's British. <laughs> that's stereotype. A, that's a microaggression. All right. We have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back for our final segment of this week. Actually, not the final segment of this week. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared. That's English Nick. That's Autumn. That's Greg. As I just teased to there, we're going to be on. I never know what to say because it's midnight and it's after the Wisconsin primaries, which are Tuesday. So I guess I have to say that it's Midnight Wednesday. It's the first show that you will hear on WSB on Wednesday. How about we're following Mark Aram on Tuesday night? There you go. And we'll be on Midnight the 2 with, uh, you know, your first response to uh, what went down in Wisconsin. Bill Crane, Jamie Dupree will be joining us. Absolutely. I like you. See, you know how to to push this stuff. So if you're, (laughs) you know, I don't know what would happen to you. You might be driving around at midnight on on a Wednesday morning. I don't know what's going on with your family. But if you find yourself aimlessly driving around at midnight on Wednesday. Tune it right here because we're going to have your Wisconsin primary fallout. It's a primary, right? It's not a caucus, is it? It's a primary. Uh, yes, it's a primary. And uh, right now, Trump's down by like something like 20 points or something? In no, one of these? so a new poll actually came out while, we, while we've been on the air. He's actually only down seven. The margin of error is five. So, okay, he, so okay. he's, uh, he's gaining on, on, uh, on Ted Cruz. Uh, so you feel that anticipation, that excitement? Mm-hmm. That won't be cut until midnight on Wednesday. <laughs> Special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really have time for a whole lot more stories. What was your headline, Autumn? What did we not get to with you? Oh, sure. Um, 1,428 bags of heroin were found in a man's body. Oh, yeah. What, was he going through an airport? That's too many. That's a lot. That's way too many. It's at least five too many. At least five. Yeah, at least. So uh, this was found in, a, in an airport or something? He was trying uh, to travel, I take no, it? He was, no, he was pulled over, I think. Oh, okay. And so the, that's the thing, you know? You don't have your, your backlight is out or something. Next thing right. you know, they discover the 1,400 bags of heroin inside Ooh, of your that's body. Too many. I don't understand. Like, I wanted in the story for them to say. Uh, that, oh, see, they dropped her off. Like, she got cut off. Oh, 
right in the middle of that. She got cut off. Oh, I don't sorry. Know. Can you hear me now? Nah, barely. But the the point is, uh, 1,400 bags of heroin. You can't eat all that, right? Some of that has well, to be Tolerance put- builds. <laughs> your habit starts at 1,200 bags Before you know you're up to 1,400 bags Maybe well, one was sticking out of his ear That's how they found it He was story. overflowing He was overflowing with heroin <laughs> As is this country right now An apt metaphor for the country Thanks to everyone for listening in this week What a beautiful day outside Make sure you go out and enjoy it Again, we will be on with a special episode Starting at midnight After Mark Aram on Tuesday night The Wisconsin primaries You'll be able to sound off chirp off and let people know what you think about the whole thing. Thanks to Jared and English Nick and Greg and Autumn and Mary Ellen on news and Mark Dowd and running the board. Thanks to all of you for listening. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Guess what? We're going to chat with you again next Sunday at noon after the Midnight Show which is a special edition on Wednesday. But until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn! Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.